Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Cairns, and I'm your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who bring our favorite beers and breweries to life. This week, we're very excited to have with us, checking in by way of Canada, kicking off our sixth season, our sixth 12-pack. Now, the numbers don't add up. You, you know, if you do a little math, you'll notice that we're not at the even, you know, 60 or 61. You know, there's two individuals. We'll, we'll leave it at that. You know, one who's just been gone off into the abyss, which is very fitting. It's, you know, May the 4th. You know, happy Star Wars Day to you. May the 4th be with you. And then another one who we will most likely have again on in the future. They're just dealing with some We'll just say some legal things. So it's been very interesting to say that we were not able to do an interview because lawyers got involved. Hmm. I have something in common with somebody else who's dealing with some legal stuff. But like I said, this is not a political podcast. Anyway, you're listening to the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast, episode 59, Cincuenta y Nueve. This week's featured guest is the one and only Mr. Cecil Warner, Toy Hands Create, toyhandscreate.com, and Toy Hands Create on all of your social platforms. So we learned of Cecil through the work that he has done with Collective Arts Brewing out of Canada. They are a wonderful organization and brewery. They are really kind of a physical embodiment of what we love and what kind of the product is about. Every season they have open submissions for artists from around the world to submit their designs to be considered for future labels. And so they've had some amazing work. Actually, fun fact for you, Jess Graham from The Alchemist, her work is featured on one of their previous uh, seasons of work. So really ties the whole thing together. But I really enjoyed speaking with Cecil. He's a really you know, open book, real honest man to talk to, super humble. And I just really love what he's doing. It's amazing when you think about all of the great artists that we speak to. Everybody... If you look at it, right, all of our artists could walk into an art store, go to your watercolors, your pen and ink, your sketches, your, you know, your graph paper, you know, your acrylics, whatever. Or just, you know, maybe in the corner there's a laptop there and, you know, or, uh, you know, iPad Pro, etc. And the beauty of it is that they all, their output, their creative is all unique. It's all unique to each other, but yet it's all related. And it's beautiful because the work that Cecil does is completely unique. It's very imaginative. It's kind of very depth, you know, deep. You know, you look at it, there's multiple layers and you find things within things. And the line work, you know, the colors, it's just, it's a really great. And so to be able to speak to him, learn about his story, his process, how he came to team up, it was a, it was a really fun experience. And it was one of those interviews at the end, you could tell that, he wasn't you know, sure how it was going to go, and I think a lot of times you know, talking about yourself is always weird. I know that myself, when I do that, that's kind of one of the reasons we use we, so it makes it sound less, you know, I, 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 you know, less, uh, you know, de la soul, me, myself, and I, but I think it was, uh, you know, it was, it was a good experience. You know, it was good for me. I hope it was good for him, but I know that it was uh, eye-opening. I, I really look forward to... Uh, you know, picking up one of his pieces and having it here in the studio along with the other, you know, 16-ounce canvas alumni. And it was just all in all, it was a really 
great and positive experience. I'm really excited to, to share this week's episode with you. Remember, for administrative purposes, 160zcanvas.com is the website. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at 160zcanvas. And if you're throwing up any artwork, whether it's yours or somebody you know, please do us a solid. 160zcanvas is the hashtag, pound sign, tic-tac-toe, and we'll be able to find you. And the cool part is that I'll tie right into our website and our new website, which will be launching in a couple weeks in support of the Art of Craft Beer show this summer, July 14th through the 29th at the Keller Liddell Gallery in New Haven, Connecticut. More information will be coming soon. This Monday, we'll be announcing our first eight artists, two four-packs, and we'll get you going, get things going. But July 14th will be the opening gala, and we'll have more information for that. Tickets will be available, so stay tuned for that. All the information you can find us. If you're following us along, we thank you. If you have a moment to head on over to iTunes, rate us, review us, judge us, give us a few stars. Five stars is cool if we earn it. If we do, we really appreciate it. So without further ado, we're going to get right into it. Episode number 59, Cecil Warner, Toy Hands Create, right here on the 16-ounce canvas. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Very excited to have with us today, Cecil Warner. Cecil is checking in with us via Canada. We're really uh, happy to be able to connect with him today via Toronto. And we learned of Cecil through the work that he did with uh, Collective Arts. But he's done much more than that. His website, toyhandscreate.com. And the beauty of that, you can also find him at toyhandscreate on Instagram. So always great when we get to connect with folks outside the country. I think it really just uh, to get a global perspective on art and design. And really excited to have you with us today, Cecil. All right. Thanks, AJ. Happy to be on your podcast. This is my first uh, uh, podcast appearance, and it's uh, it's a bit surreal because it, it, I've been listening to these for so long, and and uh, it, it's uh, a bit of a you know one of those bucket list type of things. With it. Um, and I find I've been checking off a lot of those lately. <laughs> so so hopefully hopefully it's not my last, but uh, but I'm happy that. Uh, that uh, it, it's my first, and I appreciate that uh, um, you giving the opportunity to to be on here. Oh, it's great, and I think though, yeah, if you like, I said, go to the website. If you see, you know, uh, you know, your portfolio is just it's it's great. It's really vivid. You know, I think Thank it's you. it's very unique and creative. Your line work, your the imagery, and it's I think it's really great. So I definitely, while we uh, are excited to be your first, I definitely don't think uh, we'll be your last. And yeah, I think for me, yeah, we were talking before, I never thought this would be where we are. And so when I reach out with, to folks like yourself, whose work I really enjoy, to then, then be interested in doing being a part of this, it's kind of, uh, I think we're both, uh, you know, encouraging each other. So I, I, thank, I thank you. So it's great. Right. Thank you. Thanks, AJ. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and it's great. And um, so this is the part where you're going to have to talk a little more than me, but I just want to kind okay. of, let's kind of... Uh, Let's start. You know, let's kind of just get started. And you know, what's the you know what's the Cecil story? How did you you know, get into art and design? You know, um, you know, and we'll just see where we go. Well, uh, 
Well, it goes back a long way because I'm a I'm a child of the very early seventies. Uh, Mr. Nixon was still president when I was born. He was at he was at the end of the tenure there. You know, he was uh, you know, and uh, end of the first the first uh, the first term. So so what so my story basically is um, I've been um, I've been drawing. I've been told since I was like two years old. I was always picking up a pencil and and uh, trying to find some paper and doodle and that type of thing. Um, uh, I grew I grew up uh, for a number of years with, with uh, my grandparents. And uh, my I was born originally in uh, the island of St. Kitts in the Caribbean. And I was born uh, in May, and I came to Canada in October of the same year. So... So I had a had an had an interesting up, upbringing, um, a little little different, and uh, so I guess maybe for whatever reason I um, I was raised as an only child, so maybe I had a lot of time and um, and uh, doodling and you know playing sports. I'm a big hockey fan, so I was always playing hockey on the you know on the in in the the road there at my buddies and stuff. So, um, so for me with drawing, uh, it's something I've always done. Uh, some of my earliest, uh, memories of actually being proactive with it was when, uh, I would sit, uh, this is probably the late seventies and, uh, I would sit and watch these, uh, uh, cartoons. There's a, there's a series called Battle of the Planets. Um, it, I think in North America it's known as, uh, G-Force, uh, or Battle of Planets. And I, I used to love that show so much, and I would sit and uh, uh, try and draw the characters that were on the screen, right? And that obviously that's pretty hard to do when things are moving around, but for whatever reason, at the age of like seven or eight or whatever I was at the time, I was driven to do it. So that was probably the first time I was really proactive in uh, maybe trying to train myself or, or to get better at uh, drawing. And uh, so that, that's where it initially started. So I was, that's something I was, I've always been doing. So, and uh, uh, I guess I can continue. <laughs> so, okay, so I'll continue. Um, so to continue it, when I came into my, uh, when I came into my teens, maybe around, maybe around age 13 or 14 or so, I started uh, collecting comic books. And it was something that was really fascinating to me. And I hear a lot of guys who uh, love that medium would say that um, Tommy McCarthy just basically could draw anything. And I was, I was definitely fascinated by that. And uh, so I started to uh, really um, take the summers because uh, when I, when I, um, left my grandparents. Um, I left my grandparents around that time and uh, moved uh, in with my mom. And in the summer times, I would spend uh, a lot of time just in my room practicing, uh, you know, drawing. I practiced drawing the human body. I practiced drawing, you know, faces, arms, uh, uh, feet, legs, you know, just like all that type of uh that type of stuff so I could get a good, uh, 
um, so I could get a good base in anatomy and that type of thing. But the problem was I hit a snag when it came to drawing things like buildings and cars and that type of stuff. So for the longest while, I really wanted to be a convent artist, but when I hit that snag, that's where I started to think, mm, maybe this isn't really for me because I did not enjoy drawing those things. And uh, so, um, so I got, uh, that's when I started to get a little bit more into like cartoon art and, and that type of thing. So that, that's sort of, that's sort of where it started um, initially. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think the comic books that you said, a lot of folks, they really allow them to kind of escape or just kind of look at different things and do draw along with it or the stories. And so yeah. it, it does, it does, it has come back a lot. Comic books is one of the, the like, way I've been looking at it is kind of the, the commonalities are put, you know, a lot of folks, and I think a lot of the folks still love comic books till, still to uh, this day. So it's, it's right. kind of, it's cool. I was, I, I I myself enjoyed comic books, but not to the level, you know, I was more into the baseball cards and our baseball card uh, shop in town also had like, right. had like a comic book section. So I would just remember, you know, if I had, you know, a couple of bucks left over, I'd, you know, pick one or two up and, you know, bring them home. But I was never, right. I was never as, as hardcore. And I probably got into it at one point when I was older because they were for the monetary value that people were going crazy. Yeah. For them. <laughs> but I, I, I remember that. I remember having, you know, getting the spawns and, you know, some of the early yeah. ones and trying to, when Superman was going to die for the first time, it was a big deal and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. It's in, it, in, um, it's probably the early nineties when, when, uh, Tom McFarlane and, uh, the, um, the rest of the guys that, uh, formed image comics. And, uh, I was looking at something the other day where that was like such a turning point in the industry and really, yeah, it, it, and it, it's it's amazing to hear. It, it's just amazing one that that those guys had the you know the balls that they would say to do what they did because I'm sure these guys were doing pretty well, you know, being the the top artists um, at the time, right? For for Marvel Comics, and just to go off and do their own thing and just start from scratch, like that was such a such a game ch changer in the in the comic industry. And then you had the big stories of just like you said, the death of Superman. And it just, it just kind of amped everything up where I guess when those guys left, like Marvel and DC really had to up their game after that. And they had to bring in, they had to probably go in a different direction and maybe be a little bit more dramatic than they were initially. Yeah. Their story. Yeah. Cause you, you can even see the, the style, the drawings, the, 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 the depth of the, of the characters, you know, I mean, from the big two, but yeah, I mean, I remember that vividly. It was just kind of, it was just, I was drawn, like I said, I wasn't a comic book guy, but I just, it, stood, right. it literally stood out on the shelf to me. And, right. I mean, and I'm really just haven't thought about it in a while, but I just do remember that getting those and just being like, this is something different that I've never seen before. It was definitely darker. And it was really right. kind of like a, yeah, it kind of was just, they, they put the big two on notice. I feel like, that you know, and I think that allowed for so many independents to really try to you know put their feet in and, and really break out. And it was definitely it was definitely a turning point. I mean, the graphic novel and really you just saw right. things that were you know it became. I mean, it's still there's still kind of that. Oh, you're a comic book you know guy. It still had that kind of negative. But I would say over the last you know decade, I mean, just looking at the movies and 
how the you know mm-hmm. the comic cons and everything that the the com right. the comic books become so mainstream you know or more acceptable I mean I, I think you have the the purists yeah. who are kind of like you know fuck you I've been doing this you know I've been <laughs> I, you know I've been a comic book guy for you know thirty years you have the Simpsons comic book guy right and that's always like yeah. the the stereotype or even the guys on you know Big yeah, Bang yeah. Theory but you know everybody I mean we're you know we're almost 60 episodes in and we i would say you know more than half if not 75 percent of uh you know our crew you know is uh comic book folk and so it's really cool to see how something like that is kind of branched out and impacted so many people right no for sure no it's it's um i i had um i think i i think i stopped collecting around the time i i got into college and you know, you just you have other priorities and that type of thing. Right. But, Girl, uh, girls, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so, and uh, so I guess, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so I guess, jeez, uh, um, I'm losing my train of thought here. Um, yeah, so it, it, it was something that... Um, had impacted me at a time in life when I really needed it. And uh, so I'll always be grateful to that industry. And, uh, and it, I always get a kick to see, um, to look up, you know, look on YouTube and look at, look up some of the old artists that I used to follow and to see that some of them are, are still going strong and, and some are just keep getting better. Like, it's pretty amazing. That um, like a guy's like still you know still in the fifties and sixties and still going strong and and uh, still getting better and uh, so that's always nice to see. Yeah, I think it's yeah I think it's wonderful because the technology I think has helped folks um, you know maybe get stuff out quicker. But at the end of the day, you still have to be able to draw and you still have to be able to tell a story and develop. So I think that. You know, folks are afraid of the robots. You know, but yeah, <laughs> I think I think that it's just really depending on how you look at. It. Like I, I was at a lecture recently, and the, the guy said yeah. that if you're afraid of AI, you're not understanding it. It's not that they're taking over for you. It's just kind of yeah. someone has to teach it, and so you're just teaching it to do what right. you needed to do, so you can output things faster right. and, and spend more time. You know, focus on on the the other pieces of it, which you can't be replaced by a robot. Right. Well, that's the, that's the thing about it. Like, um, you know, all this stuff is coming. Like some, like some good, some bad. Like, I'm not really into the big drone delivery thing. Like, <laughs> I just, I, you know, I don't want to be walking down the street and some drone comes like dropping on my head. And, and, you know, and it's like some of that's actually starting to happen. I think on some of these tests that they have. Right. It's like hopefully they, you know, I know the Amazon guy really wants to do that stuff, but. I don't know if I want a bunch of drones flying around. I don't, I don't know if that's the best thing necessarily, but uh, but I think with all this technology, it's just I think it's just making people more creative. That's the thing that's kind of getting lost a bit. It's it, it's not like humans are going to be replaced. We just have to be more creative. It's just going to force us to get uh, become more creative, and I think that will be a good thing in the long run. But I think there will be bumps in the road to get to that point. So, but, uh, but I think, it, I think it's exciting. I'm, I'm sure, um, there'll be some adjustments, but I think, uh, in the long run, it'll be a good thing. Yeah. I think that it allows people to, to have more of a, 
more of a role. Like I, I think now more than ever in in life, it's whatever your thing is. There's been never been a better yeah. time to be that. Like you can be whatever you want. Now, now with that said, growing up, you know when you you know, came to came to Canada and you started to really gravitate towards art and design. Was right. that? I mean, you're a little bit. You and I are around the same age, which is which is nice. But I know that right. when when I was younger, the idea of doing things like you know, being an actor or being an artist, it wasn't, it was kind of like, what? You know, the it was right. a very kind of, it wasn't as widely accepted. Was that something early on that was kind of, maybe, was that harder for you to, to kind of put all your chips in there? Or how did your, how was that received? Actually, this, this is the thing with me. I'm, I'm a guy of very, it wasn't, it wasn't that even though I, I was always drawing and always had, um, that was always in me. I had a lot of other interests too. I was interested in computers. I had one of those Radio Shack uh, uh, chiclet uh, key computers back in the day, right? You know, and I was like really into that, right? I had, uh, um, you know, when I got, when I became a teenager, I, I upgraded to uh, one of those, um, you know, Atari, they had like a video game system, but Atari also made computers as well, right? And I, I was, so computers are something I was into. I was a big hockey fan. I was a I was a goaltender, right? And uh, it was like I, you know, I had aspirations. You know, it would be great to you know play in the NHL one day or something, right? Because I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't a bad goaltender, right? So I thought maybe something that had the talent for it. But but that wasn't realistic because because hockey is an expensive sport and there was no money for that, right? So so that was something that wasn't going to happen. So the and then with the computer thing, I thought it'd be kind of cool to make games, but um, I wasn't that good at programming. <laughs> so, so it's almost like I, there were a lot of other things I wanted to do, but the art was, you know, basically the, the, the most available thing to me, the most realistic thing to me. So as I got older and, and it came time to go to college and stuff, uh, I looked, started looking up graphic design courses, right? And uh, so that's, that ended up the direction I went because I thought that was probably the best, um, that was the best uh, possibility for me, right? And, uh, and I was, at that time, I was very invested in art and, uh, and uh, so I went in that direction. But, but even now, like, uh, even when, oh, and uh, when I was younger, um, my family thought I was going to be a musician or something because I would always sneak out of bed at night and go and start playing records. <laughs> and uh, I was always into that. I had uh, a friend of mine who um, had given me his brother's old drumsticks, and I'd be like doing my little drumming on my knees and stuff and when I was a kid. So, so there's a lot of different things that I like to do, but, it, but at, in the end, it, it, art was the thing that won, won out of one on top, basically. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I also, yeah, yeah. Also, being in Canada, I mean, I think that right. kids kids are on skates before they know how to walk. I think it's like you know, it's yeah. Kind of, so, so that must have been. Uh, now, what age did you did you move to Canada? Uh, at uh, about five months, I believe. I oh, okay. Five so right. yeah, yeah. So you're yeah, you were you're having maple syrup in the crib and you know on your skates. Yeah. You know, pretty early. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm probably I'm probably the most Canadian person in my family. Like. Uh, 
it's interesting. Like even down to the music I listened to, I, I didn't really start getting into hip hop and stuff until I was in my late teens. And uh, even then I needed like almost like a starter chorus or something from some of my friends. Cause I was the guy that was listening to guns and roses and tears for fears. And, you know, there's a band up in Canada called the grapes of wrath. Who's one who are it's like folk rock, right. And R E M like, like I, that was the stuff I started listening to. Men without hats. Like this is what I was listening to um, when I was a kid, right? So I didn't get into hip hop until I was almost like uh, twenty years old. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, it's interesting. So I, I think it's because I just love like the, I love the instruments. I like I even fool around a little guitar I have and. You know, like I've, I've just always loved music, and I think I just love—I love instruments. I love to see people playing instruments. You know, like it, it's like it's great that people are using Pro Tools and sampling sounds and things like that. But, but I gravitate to more to a band. I gravitate to uh, to a three-piece or a four-piece. You know, like the like the Police or Zeppelin or whatever like that. And I just I just enjoy that type of music. It's so. So I think that, yeah, that, I think we yeah, I think yeah, I think we get along just fine. Yeah, I used to kind of my yeah, my backs. I used to do radio. Eh, let's just right. say we'll, we'll round up. We'll say a little over a decade, and from uh-huh. there, yeah, I managed a band, and I, I'm not very musically talented, but yeah, a, a good band has always been really important. Even even to this day, my wife and I try to get to a few you know, shows you right. know, here, here and there. The the kids kind of get in the way, but um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or yeah, yeah. We're, we're hoping to take uh, yeah. them to a few outdoor ones, but you know, yeah, I think music's important. But I, I like your story because it's like you were just kind of finding all these different creative outlets to express yourself, you know. And I, I definitely remember my first computer, and you know, uh, my kids would think you know would would it'd probably drive them crazy if they were you know trying to use a monochrome screen and you know had to control yeah. everything with the keyboard, you know. So um, yeah, I, I think yeah, I really. I think it's a great story because I think it's important. Like I said, now more than ever, I wouldn't say it's easier, but I think it's just a little more standard. Uh-huh. The idea of being a designer is a little more common nomenclature, but you know, just to, to have that support, you know, is really important. I think it does play, you know, impacts things a lot to allow you to feel comfortable kind of figuring out who or what you are. For sure. Um, uh, uh, there was, um, back in, back in, um, uh, back in the early 2000s, I had uh, um, done a little stint at a at a television at a children's television station called YTV, and it's still still going on today. And uh, and so going in, going into that environment, I learned I learned a lot about myself creatively, and it, it really kind of. Uh, um, expanded my horizons to to, to my my poss- possibilities as a creative person, and one of the things, looking back at that time, and I really wish that I had something like even though YouTube was around, you know, 2005 or four, whenever it was around then, is um, when I, when I learned about it. At that time, it, it would have been great to have the resources like with, with uh, podcasts and, and tutorials and things like that, because there were things that I was trying to get a grip on while I was there. 
like let's say doing animating in a uh, After Effects or which is a Adobe uh, program that's used in broadcasting a lot or things like that. Like I re- like things like that. I kind of struggled to get a grasp on because I didn't really have the tools. I was just sitting there trying to figure it out on my own. I was never a guy that really liked learning from books. Like I like you you know you buy these big thick manuals and you and I just get lost right. So it, it's. I really wish back then I had had the resources that we have now, uh, you know, where you can see what other people are doing and, and uh, everything kind of demystified, right? Back then it was, it was, it was a little bit more of a mystery if uh, you ran into someone that was uh, really proficient at something, you know, at least now you can, you can uh, watch a video of the guy showing the process and, and, uh, and what he's doing as opposed to just, you know, sitting in a room and uh, banging your head against the wall for about five months trying to figure out one or two things. Like, and now it's just so much more seamless and uh, um, having all these resources that we have now, now these days as artists. Yeah, and yeah, to, to build upon that, I think during that period of time, I, I think that folks felt that the, the how... Like right. the, was was something that they couldn't share, and now I think yeah. it's okay. I can, you know, this is how you maybe vector something. But if you're, yeah. I mean, if you're vectoring a piece of shit, it's still a piece of shit, yeah. right? I mean, so yeah. that that's the thing. Like, it doesn't that doesn't just because I teach you how to use Illustrator or you know this camera doesn't. I can't give you the uh, the. You, I can't have you frame up that photo or or video. You know, it might be technically correct. But it's still, yeah. you know, you're still not capturing the essence of the moment or the, the imagery. So yeah, I definitely like. I get in my yeah my kind of, you know, epiphany moment was, again, if you're listening to this, folks, and you're not um, near my age, you're gonna you're gonna go what the hell he's talking about. But geo <laughs> geo cities like that was geo cities. I've heard I've heard I heard of that. I, yeah. I'm not really exactly, but I, like I kind of maybe I knew what it was, but I forgot. But uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was like free. You got they give you free web space. Like it was the first time you get like your own free website. I think GeoCities right. either was or eventually was bought by Yahoo. But like it was like GeoCities dot com slash you know AJ whatever whatever my my stupid you know little handle was yeah. back then. But you got to like I had like five or ten megabits of like server space, which back then uh-huh. was like a like the, a massive thing. And yeah. my the moment was view source. I remember viewing uh-huh. source because you had to dial up to get A to get on somebody's website. So it had to be, so you, you know, in a family, in a family of, you know, of six of us, you know, it was limited time where someone wasn't picking up the phone. And so I remember right. view source, seeing all this code and just saving in a simple text file and I could work with it offline. And I, uh-huh. that was like, Oh man, I can see how somebody did that. And that was when I started like doing my own websites. Cause I was just like, yeah. this is so cool. But to your point, yeah. like, it was like this vault that no one was willing to share. And I, th- and I think it was probably a cultural thing too, but it, uh-huh. now, you know, you go online and you can, you can find a, you know, how to use your vacuum cleaner, right? There's some dude doing a video, yeah. how to use your vacuum cleaner or how to, you know, we bought our couch at Ikea and there's a whole, you know, set of videos on the best way to take the cover off and, and wash it without messing it up. And I'm like, this is an yeah. awesome time. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's amazing. Uh, it, it, 
I used to have uh, a large box of videotapes of sporting events that I, I used to be I used to be big into college basketball back before people started jumping before the high school guys started going straight to the NBA. And so you had uh, there was so so much talent back then. College basketball was unbelievable. And now it's and I remember one day I just decided because I I moved around a lot a few years ago and uh, before I met my wife and I just decided one day you know what <laughs> I can't lug around this box of tapes anymore right I got to get rid of this thing so I dumped it and now with YouTube I don't need any of that stuff anymore I just I just go up I want to see you know. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know Shaquille O'Neal at LSU or something like that. I just type it in, and th- there's a bunch of games, right? I don't, I don't have to ask a guy like I did back then. Oh, do you get a tape of that game and bore it for the weekend and that type of thing? Like it, it's just unbelievable, and it, it's just amazing how you can find the video for anything. Like yeah, like you said, the IKEA thing or putting a child seat in. I just type it in, and there's like five, ten, fifteen, twenty videos of a guy doing it. <laughs> I'm just like. God bless these people because I probably wasn't going to do that, right? Yeah, so, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. My thing was my other one was which was was hard to get rid of. Uh, my my favorite band is Fish. They let fans right. record their shows, and you even early uh-huh. on you would see like at a show anywhere from like ten to twenty five tapers with their huge like mics on these stands and yeah, doing it analog tape, and you'd go on. You know AOL, these other sites, and you, you trade them, and people would like, okay, I have this show, it's A quality, and you'd like, you'd record it on tape to tape. You'd use like a Maxell tape, and you'd go from, you know, but you like you couldn't dub it. That was like frowned upon, and so, yeah. but and now I go to a show, and I literally, on the way home from that show, I can listen to that show from them, in high multi like track quality. Like yeah. On my phone. These fucking yeah. kids. Cecil, these fucking kids. <laughs> I, yeah, right? When I talk to somebody around my age, I, I find myself being like, oh, I'm I am that guy when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, but whatever. Look yep. it up. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. And, it, and it's just the... I'm sure it's just the tip of the iceberg. Like, we're probably... We're probably we're probably in the moment, like, before, it's almost like when uh, people started sending rockets into space or something like that, right? Like, we're probably just at the, at the you know, oh, um, we're probably just at the, the halfway point of them getting to even building the rocket. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even, even, even we're probably at the, at the tip of where they were even just starting to, just launch to even get the thing to go like 60 feet in the air or something like that. Yeah. Right? And now Elon so, Musk is having them like land, come back and like land in like a two meter radius. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just at the tip of the iceberg and, um, you know, so, so it's, it's going to be an exciting time. Exactly. Sure. Now the cool thing I said before, folks, if you go on, uh, Cecil's Instagram, Toy Hands Create. You, you're really good about showing, you know, some of the behind the scenes, the process, kind of from like a, you know, the comp stage to, you know, the transition. What is your, you know, your your process technically? Is it a pen? And, is it a pen and ink or you know, pencil, and then you scan it in? What's what what's going on to bring these these uh, 
these illustrations to life? Well, um, just, just to give a bit of background on that, um, initially, when I when I started drawing in, the, in, in this style, it was probably about probably about three years ago. It was 2015, early 2015. I um, I hadn't uh, I hadn't drawn I hadn't done a lot of drawing in a while. I, I was I, I was saying, um, just a, a note that maybe got uh, missed is that um, I was a stay at home dad. I kind of sort of am because I'm I'm a I work part time in the day, uh, during the day. So so I was a stay at home dad and and my kids were very young. My kid my son is going to be six next month and my daughter turned four at the, at the start of the year. And so my kids were very young, especially around that time. And uh, so I didn't have a lot of time in the, um, to draw or, or anything like that. And I was kind of doing some other things. Like I, I was into writing and that type of thing. So I didn't do a lot of drawing. So I sort of made this pact that I was going to start an Instagram account and just start posting drawings that I did. Even if it was just like little sketches and things like that. So I grabbed, grabbed the pen, little, uh, what was it I used? A little pilot uh, fine liner at the time or papermate uh, flare pen. And I would just start drawing I would, with no outset or anything, like no, no idea what I was going to do. So I would just start drawing shapes and I would go, oh, that looks kind of neat. And I'd add another shape to it. And I would start getting these kind of connected characters, right? So from then, I would scan it in to the computer, uh, trace it in the Illustrator, um, the process I still do now, and I would color it and, uh, you know, crop it, you know, format it in a little square and post it on Instagram. And I kept doing that over and over. And through the months, the coming months, I started. It started to evolve into this. You know, it, some of it almost looked kind of like uh, people would say it looked kind of native, like native art or something like that. Certain pieces, and this would be all just kind of like con con connected characters, and people would always you'd look at it, and you may look at it a week or two later and see something else that you hadn't seen before, right? Something that was hidden in it. And so, uh, so basically, it's just um, so basically, it evolved to the point where I was trying to figure, okay, this is great that I'm doing this kind of abstract stuff. But what if someone came to me and said, um, I want you to do a like a like a um, a picture of. Um, you know, a band, uh, someone's face or something, or someone, uh, do, or someone doing a certain action or whatever like that. That the normal, the regular illustrator would have to um, figure out um, a solution to. And so, from then, I put away the pens and I started breaking up my pencils because then I'd have to come up with a concept. And so, in a few. There was a couple jobs that I did where I had where someone came to me and and they had a concept in mind and a direction and I by coming up with a plan first um, I was able to sort of sort of come up with a, sort of the framework of what I was going to work in and then I incorporated 
my style, quote unquote, into that framework. And that's where um, you see some of the stuff that I've been doing recently, like um, like things for the brewery. And uh, there's a print that I did for um, uh, these two, uh, two photographer friends of mine who do inspirational prints called Worker Bee Supply, uh, it, uh, the Nothing Will Work prints. Um, that was a good exercise. So all these projects that I've been doing have been good exercises for me to put my work in context as opposed to just doing a fine art piece that could be interpreted in, in different ways. So, so basically my process is, um, coming up with a, uh, coming up with a, a concept of some sort, um, incorporating the, the style, which is the connected characters and, and, uh, um, and the characters that seem to kind of uh, integrate with each other and scanning, scanning it in the computer. Um, uh, uh, what is it? Um, sorry, drawing a blank again, scanning in the computer, um, tracing it in the illustrator and then coloring it. And, uh, and, and I usually try to limit my color palette to about three or four colors for, for the most part. And, uh, and that, that too was a turning point because by limiting my color palette, because I used to work in like maybe seven or eight colors before, by limiting the color palette, it enabled me to, uh, to kind of highlight certain sections of whatever I was doing to bring focus to it. And, and uh, it kept it from looking, it kept the work from looking less busy than it probably actually was by me focusing or, you know, putting a patch of yellow somewhere to, to highlight someone's face or, or a patch of white or so. And, uh, and that's how it sort of evolved over time. Yeah, oh, so I had the mic muted. No, <laughs> no, no, I was, I, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, no, it's, I, it's funny. Like, I'm, I'm battling a little bit of nerves, and I tend to talk, uh, I can, can talk in circles, so I'm, I'm trying to battle those uh, tendencies. No, I think, my, no, no, I think you're, you're, uh, you're making my life quite easy, to be honest. Um, it's, it's nice. I've had, um, you know, everyone has a different style, and I think that part, yeah. of, part of the the coercing folks to come on is the is the is that uncomfortableness uh, of talking about themselves for such an extended period of time. So, uh, I w if you didn't say you were nervous, I, w I would never would have uh, I never would have guessed that. So, oh, okay. yeah. It <laughs> Be having fun, folks. That was part one, episode 59, Cecil Warner, ToyHandsCreate.com. We'll get into later on where the, the you know the toy hands came from, toyhandscreate.com. Learn a lot more, more, a lot more information about Cecil. So there's plenty more to come from. Now you might say, oh, why are you saying pronouncing his name Cecil? Well, we, we talked before the show and he said, you know, folks, some say Cecil, some say Cecil. But when it came down to you, I said, what would your, you know, what would your folks call you? And he said they call him Cecil. So life rule, if you can make mom happy, 
then I think it's a good way to go. And since they named you, you got to go what they called you. So, hey, as long as you're calling them, as long as you're trying to do some work with them, it's all good. Call Mr. Warner, Cecil, Cecil, Mr. Hands Create, whatever it is. He's killing it, doing some great work. You know, I was really excited that he's our first you know, artist, like I said before, from you know, Collective Arts, they're doing some amazing stuff, but I really, you know, love the work that, that Cecil's doing. It's really been a, it's been a joy for me to be able to follow along with people, you know, see their path, see where they're going, and then to talk to them after having this appreciation for their work. I think a lot of times you don't fully understand or see the kind of the reach of the depth and the amount of time that goes into some of these projects. And to really... To really learn about the people, learn about their story, it just makes it, you know, makes it even more uh, enjoyable experience for me. Not only from the, you know, the beer drinking point of view, but just kind of following along. You know, social has been nice. It allows you to kind of hang out with people that you never, you know, met before or in different parts of the country or the world. And so just to, you know, you, and, and you can cheer along for them. So that, you know, Cecil's something, someone that I definitely look forward to the future, you know, seeing what comes up. You know, he just released some, you know, a deck of cards, uh, which really unique art, you know, featuring one of his pieces. You know, I think it was the King of Hearts or maybe the King of Diamonds. You know, discussions that we mentioned about getting in the toy game. He's doing some amazing, you know, print work, motivational posters, really just kind of who knows what the future holds for him. And I'm really excited to, to, to follow along with that. So you should also be following along toyhandscreate.com, toyhandscreate on Instagram. So we are having a great time. We just got back in the midst of traveling back from the CBC Craft Brewers Conference in Nashville, Tennessee. And it would be an understatement to say it was overwhelming. So I want to thank everybody that made that possible. It was a great experience for me. You know, I met a lot of great people, a lot of folks that I've spoken to you know, in the past. had the, you know, the chance to, to meet Sarah from Toppling. You know, we got to connect there. You know, saw Heidi Geis, saw all the different folks from, you know, a lot of other breweries that we've been, you know, in contact with, met some new folks, you know, Bearded Iris, Southern uh, Grist, Yazoo, amazing breweries, you know, other local spots around town. There's too many to name. Next week on the episode, I think we're going to you know, dedicate a little bit, you know, a portion of the of the show to our experience there, but just kind of, you know, feeling the buzz from coming off of that and really had a great time. Like I said, there's 14, 15,000 people there, and you know, I was solo, and you know, I tried to do a little man-on-the-street action, which you know I would say was hit or miss, but I think that we are definitely prepared for, for future endeavors, and I think we'll come back you know, stronger than ever next year. Maybe we'll set up a little little booth somewhere so folks can come and just kind of you know do the man-on-the-street a little more properly. But it was a great experience. You know, All the great photos are out there. I think the hashtag... Craft Brewers Con, which I would suggest is not really the best. I think using maybe you know, CBC in the year really helps tie it together or a combination. But it was really all about you know the seal. It was really about networking, meeting great people, learning all facets of the industry, which was really great. You know whether you're a brewer or you know you're a business, you're doing marketing. There was something for everybody, literally from the flooring to the piping to the tanks, to the T-shirts, and everything in between, and a lot of other things that you didn't think were possible. So we made some good connections. We're definitely in the uh, period where we're considering doing some merch, had some great ideas that were kind of reinforced at the event, and so we're looking forward to getting those out to you, trying to figure a way to 
do that, make it unique, you know, maybe engage some of the artists. So it's definitely a, uh, a learning process and the creative creative juices are flowing. So uh, thanks again to everybody who's there. It was a wonderful experience. If I, if I met you and I, you know, didn't um, recognize you this or next week, you know, I do apologize. Like I said, it was a lot, it was a lot, a lot, a lot. But you can, anyone out there, you can reach me, AJ at 16ozcanvas.com. It goes right to me, folks. You know, there's, I don't have a, you know, there's no filter. It's, you know, right to the man himself. And, you know, we'll definitely make a, make a new connection. And I look forward to it. So you're listening to episode 59. Yeah, holy shit. 59 episodes, right? Season six. It starts now. I guess it's already started since we're at the halfway point of the episode. But Cecil Warner, toyhandscreate.com. The man himself. Let's get back into it. Part two, Cecil, right here, 16-ounce canvas. What I've come to learn, and we can, this might be a good time with, with uh, Collective, is that with kind of printing and, and labels, depending on the process, there's only so many colors you can use, you know, from, yeah. uh, from a printing perspective. So I, I really like that, that you kind of, I feel like at different points you're continuing to, to challenge yourself and not just be, you know, safe or you know take it the easy way you know trying to use your art but use it to represent you know somebody else's you know ideas and then you know tweaking your color palette and you know trying these different right. aspects and the inspirational pieces which i i do like um like you're talking about the most recent one for you know worker bees uh worker bee supply you know nothing will work unless you do with the you know with the squirrels you know and the the camel on there i think it's really cool because um, like you're and i what i like about your work is the more you stare at it, you know, you find, you know, little, you know, uh, Easter eggs or nuances that you didn't realize on, on first glance. So it's, uh, it's almost kind of right. like, a, it's like a dynamic piece to it, which I really, I really enjoy. But it, the, it, the interesting thing, um, about it and the interesting thing about it is that someone would look like, like I, I did a, I did a piece for uh, an event called uh, Picha Kucha Night, which is um, which was held in uh, Toronto back in it was, yeah, it was in January. It's one of it seems seems like it was just like a month or two ago, and so I and there's what I'm what I'm trying to say. There's a lot of subconscious stuff going on that I'm finding with with the way I'm working. And the, it, it was. About I ended up doing um, uh, a couple a couple ideas for it, and uh, I did the one idea, and I was, and I was like, well, I don't know, it just seemed like it wasn't really working to me, even though I had showed it to the client, and so I, so the, so those guys were so great that they just uh, that they let me let me just kind of run with that, and so I came, I did another drawing, and it was kind of like of a woman's head and. It, all these connecting characters that are kind of make up her hair and uh, you can see like her, her shoulder and, and she's holding up a microphone and, and there's all these little, uh, because it was about the, the night was about collaboration. That was the theme. So it was about these uh, co-op spaces. So it was, all the people there had co-op spaces and uh, many of the speakers were women, right? So here I did this, this uh, image of the the woman not realizing that there were so many women, right, at the event, right? It, 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 it just, I just 
drew this I drew this, drew this person's head with the hair and there's all these characters in it and that are that are collaborating in some way and then I'm looking at the image and I'm seeing around their ear it's, there's like a there's um a a projector right and I had like uh, her face kind of joining onto the projector. And then I looked at it and goes, okay, well, the projector wheels kind of look like earrings, right? <laughs> because it's kind of around where the ear would be, right? Uh, uh, below the ear. And then I look at the way I drew the, the it's, it almost looks like there's like this yellow, light coming out of the uh, the projector, out of the front of the projector, and the way it lines up on the face, it almost looks like if you took a projector and lined up like maybe five, four or five like boards spaced out, like one in front of the other, and the way that you know how the light would bounce over one, if you projected on it, the light, light just kind of bounces over and it, and it seems like a little bit disjointed. Right? It seems like the light's like going over the board and down and whatever. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah, it almost looks like the light is projecting her face. Right? And I'm, and it's like, this is stuff I didn't intend at all. Right? And so I'm wondering, like, what's going on here? It's like some of the stuff I'm, I'm trying to do, some of it I'm not trying to do. And like, even though it's not an abstract piece necessarily, like there was some thought with it. It's like, there's just all this stuff in there that I just didn't even really think was happening. Right. So, so it's, so it's, it, it's always interesting to see what people, other people are seeing in, in, uh, in some of the stuff I do, because a, a lot of times it was not intended at all. But, uh, but, but that kind of gives us some life because, or longevity because maybe you know two years from now people someone else will see something else in it right so yeah so but that's going to be exciting to me yeah it's great no you can see that you know and what i like something else is yeah you can go if you go to you know, toy hands create on instagram you can see it and you can see the different kind of phase of, of that poster but yeah because when i my focal point is on when i first looked at that poster was on, on a different woman you know the one right. with kind of the 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 happy face on her chest, you know, and how that and so so to me, that was where I started and kind of like saw these hands kind of you know, intertwined you know again with the, with the collaboration and how it ties into the the megaphone you know so it's right. it's really interesting where the different jump off points are you know and so, uh, I, yeah that's what I love about it um, it's really kind of uh, fluid and kind of has the little liquidity to it I, it's 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 really you keep saying quote-unquote style but it's definitely um it's definitely unique and you know i know that uh, artists hate the word aesthetic but it's definitely it's it's in your it's your vibe at least i think that's probably maybe the better way to put it right no go ahead no i was going to just kind of transition and just kind of you know um you know how did you know collective Arts, what I think is just amazing about them, and um, you're our first collective artist. Well, actually, technically, you're our second, but right. yeah, yeah, we had Jess Graham from The Alchemist who, who did one. I'm not sure who's who's on a, which series she's in versus yours. So, but um, oh, okay. but uh, just if for folks at home who don't know about them, I, what they're doing is um, is is amazingly unique. I, I believe it's every six months they have an open 
almost like an open casting call for artists and designers to submit, right. submit their work to be considered to be on a label. And each season or series is a different, is a, you know, a batch of different beers um, and styles. And they, I believe it's two different artists per style or per beer. And I think usually the four pack has two artists on it and it's just, it's amazingly unique. They, they have launch parties that just seem to keep getting bigger and bigger. And they're really just, they're, they're, they're doing something really special and, and important. And they're definitely have been, you know, helping inspire what we're doing. You know, we'd love to, you know, our hope is maybe at some point that we can, you know, building off the collaboration idea to figure a way to either collaborate with them or just maybe just get some of the, the, their core members on for an episode. But, you know, with that said, how did, how did you kind of, you know, decide to, to kind of go for that and, and to put your work and consider your work for, for, you know, beer labels? Well, um, being on Instagram, you connect, you, one of the great things about Instagram is you connect with other artists through just, uh, you know, liking their stuff and building to a point where, uh, you're DMing them on Instagram, direct message. And so I, so I, I've developed a few friendships with some other artists on there, on that platform. And one of them is uh, a fellow named Robert John Patterson, who's a screen, he does a lot of screen, he's a, he's an illustrator, and he does a lot of screen print work. Um, I think currently he's uh, uh, doing artist residencies in Europe, and uh, I think he's in Italy right now. I mean, he's a, he's a great guy, and he's, he's one of the guys that really um, took to and, um, uh, early and uh, started following, he started following my stuff, and vice versa and uh he had an art show last year at a um art, art, art gallery in toronto named uh or called northern contemporary and he was curating the show it was called uh, all day breakfast so it was like breakfast themed uh illustration and so he asked me to be in the show and not long after that i was looking up a couple looking up some articles on him and i saw that uh he had done some work for collective arts. I think he, I think I looked him up on uh, one of the, the web pages they had, uh, one of the write-ups they had on him. And I, and I looked, and I, I looked up more information on uh, the brewery. I don't, I don't think, I probably had seen their stuff around, but I didn't really, um, they weren't really in my consciousness at the time. So, and I saw that they had their content so, uh, coming up. So I figured I'd put my hat in the ring, and I think I entered. Uh, I think I entered probably the day before the deadline, maybe the maybe the day of the deadline or the day before the deadline. And um, so I just figured, you know, I'd put it in there. And then I didn't really realize the. I knew it was an international competition, but I didn't realize they had so many entries. Like I think it's like two thousand they get every every time they do a, do a contest. So 2,000 entries internationally. And um, so I think back in May, um, I had uh, received, yeah, in May, I had received word that I had been chosen. So I was like, oh, great, that's cool, you know. So I figured, you know, I'd probably be on, you know, just one of their, uh, you know, just the lineup of one of the cans or one of the regular cans. But 
it wasn't until, uh, and then they told me that I was going to be on the IPA. And it wasn't until I spoke to my brother-in-law's, uh, my brother-in-law's brother that he said that the, that IPA is a one-off IPA. So it was IPA four. I think, I think collective arts, I think they've been, I think they've been around four or five years or something like that. And uh, so it was the number four um, India pale ale. And, it, that's when it really hit me that whoa, it's like yeah, that's a one-off, right? So that must be they must have really liked the piece, right? So that's when it kind of started to hit me that uh, that they that they really liked my work, and I had um, uh, they they gave me another uh, they gave me another project to work on, and which is I think the lunch money can. And I'd spoken to the uh, to one of the owners, Bob, on the phone, and he was saying how they really like they really enjoyed my work. And uh, and that's and at around that time, it's like it all really started to hit me that it started hitting me that they really that they really enjoyed my work. And then um, I looked at the I looked at the people that were the uh, I think I looked up some of the judges. Who were on the who were on the panel, and um, you know, and it's like some very notable people, right? So, as much as I, I I knew like I knew I had something unique in the style that I was working in, but I didn't realize that. But I didn't realize until um, the beer, uh, the beer, the 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 contest, how. Um, how uh, people had really liked uh, what I was doing, and it definitely gave me a, a, a new confidence for sure, because I've been out of uh, I've been out of illustration for for quite a number of years. So it was really nice to be able to to get back into it and have people really enjoy what I, I was doing. Yeah, it's, so it, yeah, that's why I love it. Yeah, it's really great. It, it's it's. Yeah, it's it's unique, creative, keeps the work their stuff dynamic, but it just right. it just shows. That's one of the things we've really come to learn is, especially folks like Collective who make that conscious choice to invest in art and art in designers to really you know you know bring another dimension of their of their business to to life. And it's not right. you know, obviously you know you most beer you get you know if you get it at a bar or whatever it's it's in a it's in a glass so to to make that decision and have it how it sits on the shelf you know i always even if i'm not shop even if i'm not shopping or whatever that day you know if there's collective on the on the shelf i'm always going and like i said there's two different designs in the four pack so i'm turning the ones you can't see to see what it is and then you know looking to see right. who the artist is it's just like you know yeah. it's really i think that they they've kind of uh I feel they've inspired a lot of people to to take their you know labels to the next level. Yeah, no, no, I agree. It's I really love, I really love how they're marketing their 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 product. Um, it's it's almost like a, <laughs> it's a, it, it's this is a bad analogy. It's a, it, it's a, I was gonna say like uh like in the comic book book industry when they have the limited edition cover. And you know, and it's like these type of things, like the whole limited edition thing, and the, the crossovers, like Superman versus Superman versus Spider Man, or something. You know that, you know that type of thing, right? I'm not saying that necessarily, but 
it's a, and uh, get collaborating with other companies to, to create something. And uh, I remember me, uh, my wife and I were, uh, my wife and I, my wife and I, I were on a, a date night in uh, Hamilton, Ontario. Hamilton is based, I, I live in Burlington. Hamilton is just basically 15 minutes away, 15, 20 minutes away um, from here. So it doesn't take that long to get there. And uh, they have, they, Hamilton has had a bit of a resurgence in, um, in their downtown core where they have a lot of like up and coming restaurants and a lot of young people are, are uh, starting businesses and, and, uh, and there's a lot of people from uh, Toronto who are moving to Hamilton and kind of bringing a new uh, life to the, to the area. And uh, so we, we find ourselves there often. My, my wife grew up in Hamilton. I, I grew up in Toronto. And uh, we, met, we met someone who was from uh, Kingston, Ontario. He drove all the way there just to get the IPA, right? There was an, uh, I, the IPA, or there was an, I think there was an issue of a certain, there was a certain issue that was limited edition, right? And he drove all the way from Kingston, Ontario, I think is, plus hours <laughs> drive <laughs> right from from Hamilton so he was very dedicated in, in, in getting in uh, stocking up on his favorite beer right and uh, so that, that's what really hit me that yeah this is this is a really uh, uh, this is this is a really this, this really impacts people the craft beer scene and uh, so it's really it's really great to be a part of it and and, and also too I took a picture of him because he sent me all my work and and that type of thing and we talked for a few minutes and it's it was uh, it was a little surreal to to have an art fan you know uh, you know taking pictures with you and things like that. it was is I got I definitely got a kick out of it but uh, but yeah you definitely get a scope of uh, um, how um, uh, how these type of products uh, impact people and how they how much they love them. I agree. I mean, everyone loves. I mean, beer is important, but I think art is so important. And just kind of the then the you know they always say this pairs well with that, right? But I think uh, good right. art and good labels pair well with good beer. So it's uh, and it just I think it just creates a good a good energy. Um, I know it's a little hippy dippy to say stuff like that, but I just think it helps. You know, I think it just helps make the world a better place, especially with the you know, the art you're doing. And I think, you know, you know, having prints that, you know, you're bringing that energy into people's homes or studios or places of business and street art and murals and the like. So I think it's, uh, it's just nice. There's, there's so many like blank empty canvases around towns in general. And now that, you know, now like putting art up on the streets is, is like happens way more often and folks aren't but what what used to be considered graffiti or, or criminal is now you know people are being licensed yeah. or recruited to to do that and they don't have to they don't they're probably not as fast they probably don't have to run as fast as they used to 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 do their art but um um it's definitely a, it's a great time so I, yeah I, I I think more folks would if they you know, that's kind of cool too you have the anonymity of you know folks probably knowing your art but not knowing it's you and so it's nice to get recognized once yeah. in a while. No, it, it's it, it's been it's been really great. But it's last year was yeah, 2017 was just one of those years, and um, I look back at my life and there's let's say 
looking back at years that were really impactful to me. And um, 2017 is, is definitely, definitely up there. Um, this from it started from uh, Worker Bee launched their launched the print uh, that that same print uh, of theirs back in February I think, and then the brewery, and uh, and also later, and 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 then from, and uh, later in the year, which is um, yeah late last year, uh, I. Um, I was contacted by someone who's in the vinyl toy industry. This is some, which is something I've been, uh, a bit, this is an industry I've been a big fan of uh, for a very long time now. And uh, we, and she had uh, made a note of one of the illustrations I did a few years ago and thought it would make a really interesting toy uh, design or art, art toy design. And uh, so we, been working on a project together for the last few months, and it's it's catching um, it's catching on, and we were able to sell it to the uh, to a manufacturer who she who she works with, and uh, I'm ho- we're hoping that it will come out either later this year or early next year or whenever. But uh, but we're really proud of it, and it's it's another thing that. I'm just kind of pinching myself and going, I remember when I was drawing the picture and thinking this would be kind of something that would look interesting in 3D or, or in a physical form. And months later, or not, not months later, but years later, um, that's becoming a reality. So it, it's, I don't know what it is. It's like, it's like, it's almost like uh, it's my second wind as an artist the last few years. But uh, it's it's been it's the 2017 was a really important year, and I'm hoping that uh, it uh, keeps building from there. I've I have no doubt about it. You know, obviously, uh, you know, folks go to toyhandscreate.com. Uh, but well, yeah, when that comes out, let us know. We'd love to, you know, a would love to get one and, and support, but also just kind of you know get the word out to folks because I. You know, age is just a number, my friend, and so the the beauty yeah. of the beauty of Instagram and social stuff, you know, the different you know dribble and, and Behance and all those sites is allows yeah. it allows art it, the people will find you, and so I think that's one that we yeah. one of the good stories too is you know just keep you know it's not easy, right? So we, I think that would be some advice. Yeah. No one's saying it's easy, but if you keep grinding and working hard and just be committed to your your vision, that you know people will find you. And so I think you're, you're a great example of that. Right. It, 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 one thing, one thing that I'm, I'm learning and it's like, I learn things very slowly. <laughs> like like it, it may take me years to learn something. Like, you know, I'm not one of these guys that's always, Oh yeah. So tell him once and he'll, you know, he'll get it. Right. It's like, it, sometimes it, it takes me years to, to figure things out. And because I'm, I'm, I'm the type of guy that, yeah, I have, I have to experience it to, to get it, right? And one thing I'm seeing is that if you just, if you just start something and you just keep doing it, and it's like, like it could be a guy just drawing like squares on a page or something, right? You know, and posting it on Instagram. It's like, 
there's going to be people out there that enjoy what you do. I'm not saying that, I'm not trying to trivialize it, but it's just like there are people doing stuff out there that they're just being consistent, right? Uh, it may not something you're may not be something you're into, but they're being consistent, and they're and people know when, when where to find them, what they're doing. Um, you know, it's specific, and if you just keep doing, keep being focused on it, and keep doing it. It's like people people catch on, you know, and, and and it's a very interesting thing. Like with me, I just started drawing a bunch of pictures, right? Just posting, not no no real idea or whatever of what I was doing, and just by doing it every day for months and months and years later, and you get this body of work, and it, and it just builds into something. And I'm sure you with your podcast. It's the same type of thing. You just decided to start, and you just you kept doing it, and it snowballed into what yeah. you have now. It's a, it's an interesting concept. It's not that difficult, but it's hard to start, and it's hard. Well, no, it's easy to start, but it's hard to keep pressing on, right? Yeah, like rigor. We all have yeah, rigor. Yeah. Right. We all have a million projects that we've started, but are in the closet or in the garbage, right? And we and we didn't have the you know the wherewithal to keep at it. And it's but if you keep at it, something will happen, right? If you believe in it, something will happen. So if amen you to now, yeah, a couple years from now, yeah, amen, yeah, because that was kind of the I had, I had ideas in the past I never really you know brought to life and was always just kind of like oh. AJ's good with ideas, but like, oh, AJ's another idea, but like, it's never, it never, yeah. they never come to life. And so finally, I was just like, you know what? F it. Like, at the very least, if nothing, yeah. com- if nothing comes to this, at least I'll know that I gave it a shot and I tried to, yeah. you know, played the hand out. And so it, in that regard, it's been, it's been really positive because it's just being, yeah, it's being consistent. So uh, one more question for you Toy Hands Create. I mean, what's, What's the, how'd you come up with that is for your, for your business name? Okay. So I am, uh, I'm a bit, a bit of a, I'm a bit of a writer at heart. Like I've always liked writing down like ideas and, and, uh, character names. Um, like, uh, there was a period of about maybe four or five years where I really got into, um, trying to, uh, really got into, uh, writing for like, um, I kind of bounced. It was kind of uh, off of my YTV days where I was writing. Bu- I was writing bumpers, which are these little five-second spots, which are like three point five seconds of animation, and then a tag with the logo at the end. Right, so it was like five seconds that they ran in between shows or after commercials and things like that. And so I started writing a few of them, and I was get and I was I was getting some of them made, and people were responding to them. I thought, you know what? I've always been the type of guy to come up with ideas and stuff. So that I was getting into a lot of uh, writing and coming up with ideas for for cartoon shows and things like that. So I always had that in me of coming up with names for things, right? Um, I remember uh, one of my first company names was Animated Thoughts, and it was basically when I got uh, I got one of my first Macs uh, many years ago. Um, I had to, I guess I had to register some software, the 3D software that I bought. 
And so I thought, well, if I had a, what if I had a multimedia company? And within maybe a couple of minutes, I came up with the name Animated Thoughts. And uh, so I, I, I don't use that one anymore, especially since uh, someone took them the name and is trying to sell, currently trying to sell it for ten thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. So some, 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 someone I gave it up years ago. Some the domain. And someone's trying to, must have got it or something, and they're trying to sell it. Some company in the UK, I think, I, I looked up not too long ago. So that, so I got a kick out of that. So I think someone likes the name, right? So back in, I think it was around, I think it was maybe six years ago, I had, uh, I was kind of going like five or six years ago, I was going, you know what? It, 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 I was trying to think of a name, and it's so hard because, there's so many great names out there, and it seems all the good ones are taken. So I was really brainstorming really hard, and just kind of like writing, um, you know, writing in word associations and things like that. And I came up with toy hands, and I thought it was an interesting combination. So first thing I do is I go and I Google it, right? Because I want to see if it's out there, right? That's the best way to cover yourself is you think of an interesting name, Google it, because most likely someone has it and you don't want to get caught having a business name and registering it and then and someone else already has it, right? So, and uh, so I went with Toy Hands for the, for a good while, but I've never really used it yet. I just had it there in the wings. And when I was getting serious about having a company name and putting uh, and uh, getting an Instagram account and Twitter account and that type of thing, I was putting in, I think I decided I was going to go with Toy Hands Creative uh, Studio or something like that. I think I wanted something like that. So I'm typing it in on uh, on uh, Twitter, and I think they have a limit as to how long your name can be. So I'm typing in Toy Hands Create, okay, right? So then I see Toy Hands Create. And that's as far as I could get. <laughs> so, so basically, I, I looked at it and go, okay, Toy Hands Create. That's kind of interesting. And I think, well, Toy Hands Create, right? And started putting it together. And I said, okay, maybe I should go with this. So instead of going straight with Toy Hands, I did the Create. And I just thought that it would be you know, an interesting company name or something like that. But what happens is when you go on Instagram and you put that down, people think that's kind of like what you go by as an artist, right? It's almost like uh, there's a, a band in the UK that was really big big into, they're still around, um, named Jamiroquai, right? Uh, which is a guy, this guy from the UK that always wore these big hats and stuff like that, wore all these kind of Aboriginal clothing. Oh, yeah, he's like great. That. You know, virtual insanity, right? That's a, in, in the U.S., they, they were they were around since '93, but they got best new artist in 1997 <laughs> in in the states, right? <laughs> Even though they'd already been around for like four years, right? And uh, it's technically considered a band, but the the company had signed just the guy, right? Just the singer, and he basically hired like bandmates and that type of thing. So everyone, especially in America, everyone thinks his name is Jamiroquai. Even I did, right? But it's technically a band, right? So 
Toy Hands Create, even though people would think that I'm trying to name myself Toy Hands Create, um, it's really just a studio name, right? And yeah, uh, yeah, we, yeah, we've had that a few times. Yeah, some folks who say like, they're like, well, no, this is mine. And it gets like, the, yeah, the weirdness. Yeah, they're not sure. Yeah, that's how Nine Inch Nails is. It's really, but I think, right. I think Trent Reznor's got a little more uh, break off from that, but he's really right. the only staple in that in that band. So, yeah. He was synonymous, yeah. you know, with that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and it's actually interesting. It's interesting how that is. I learned something um, a little while ago that in, in a band, and this is probably why you always see a lot of bands break up, is that do the, something to do with publishing rules where the singer and, like, let's say the guitarist or whoever's composing the music always gets more, right? You know, it's some kind of interesting thing where um, in, in a lot of bands where the, the, the way they designate it to who wrote the song or something like that, there's the, the first two guys, like in the, in the band The Smiths, and Morrissey and Johnny Marr were the, the main songwriters, right? And so that didn't sit too well with the other two guys, the bassist and the drummer, who weren't really getting what they thought was their fair share of uh, um, the publishing and all that type of thing from the band. So it, it's interesting to hear how that works when it comes to song publishing and that type of thing. You, you probably know more, much more about that than me. Being, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I know, know, I know, yeah, I know a little bit. I, I, if i if my memory serves me correctly, it's, right. there's two splits. It's the lyrics, um, which is one. And then there's the music or like the, right. the melodies and so some bands just go equal division and then others you know go the whoever did the lyrics you know get the, they so there could be these two guys they split those two and then the remaining four split the other 50 so it, yeah, yeah. It definitely it definitely yeah, i even know in our small band when they were just sending stuff in for you know because we we're getting a lot more play and, and whatnot um uh-huh. there was definitely some some sour grapes over that too. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's awkward. So, yeah. Yeah. So speaking of, of music, this is our, our last question. It's one of my favorites and you dropped a bunch of music already. So when you're creating, yeah. do you, do you listen to music while you're creating or do you have kind of a, what's, what's the, what's the vibe like? And if you do listen to music, what artists are you listening to? Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. I, uh, but uh, but I do. There was a t- there was a period where um, there was a period where I did listen to a lot of rap music. Um, that that was more more in the '90s. But uh, but that but that scene has changed so much. Like I do like the I do like listening to uh, Drake and um, Kendrick Lamar and guys like that. But I really, if I'm working, I really. Still like my staples, uh, REM, the the Grapes of Wrath. Um, uh, uh, what else? Um, some some eighties rock. I like a lot of eighties rock. Uh, uh, you know Nirvana. You know that type of thing. I I, I like a lot of uh, uh, alternative music. So that and I I love discovering. Um, and that's one of the, that's one of the great things about uh, how how we access music now is I love if you um, 
of making making discoveries of new artists who you've never heard of bands you've never heard of before, but they've been there for years, and it's just like, why didn't I know that these guys existed? You know what I mean? And that's usually a lot of alter, alternative type of music. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of my staple. Like, I would have to basically sit down and go through like my collection to to, to really um, go through it. But there's all there's always uh, there's always gems out there. That's the, that's the beauty of it. There's always lot, lots of gems out there. A lot of, a lot of old music like '60s. I love the Stones. I love uh, love Zeppelin. Um, uh, uh, those those type of, those type of bands. I like the beauty too, but I'm more I'm more to the Stones and that. I'm more to the bluesy type stuff. Uh, Cream, Cream is I love Cream. Like, like what a what an awesome band those guys were. They're unbelievable. Like most underrated band. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I got to see Clapton. I didn't get to see Cream for the reunion, but I've seen Clapton before, and it was yeah. it was pretty it was pretty amazing yeah. what a guy could do. Just it was pretty stripped down show. It was yeah, it was great. No, I think a lot. Of, I yeah. think you and I have a lot of the same. Musical taste. I would be more. I'd pick the Beatles over the Stones, but that's just more. That was yeah. just more of a life trajectory yeah. thing. I think it just. Yeah, yeah. You get turned on to one or the other, it, and it's kind of they become the, the answer to the question without you realizing it. Yeah, you know what the funny thing is? It's like I think I think one of the things with me is like, <laughs> and you think because yeah, are are the Beatles a better band than the Stones? Yeah, most likely. Yeah, but the thing is, is is like. It's probably because the Beatles, the Beatles are so popular that it's like I like to gravitate to, <laughs> to the underdog or something. You know what I mean? Like the Beatles are the Beatles, right? And they're the Beatles for a reason. Their music is awesome, right? But I, but for me, I only have one Beatles record. <laughs> Sergeant Pepper. That's the only Beatles record. And maybe it's because it's the weirdest one they have, right? You know? Yeah. So, yeah. True. Maybe I just like that offbeat stuff. Like, I, I'm a, I, I love Men Without Hats. Like they're a weird band. <laughs> they're weird. Like like they're like the lyrics are weird. The the music's weird. It's like, but I love that stuff. You know what I mean? I think I just love that kind of t- talking heads. Like talking heads. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. So you know good. I mean? So good. Yeah. So I just love those kind of offbeat bands. You know what I mean? Like I love the underdog. Like I love the obscure. Well, I, I don't know. I've seen the ticket prices for the Rolling Stones, man. They're not. I don't know. They're much underdog anymore. I got to sell my uh, yeah. my oldest kid to go see them. That's why I haven't seen them. I can't get. T- I can't get right. tickets. But but yeah, yeah and they, they have a little more of the edge to them, and they they did it longer. Yeah, but yeah. you're missing out. You should get the White Album, or uh, I would get um, Let It Be. But get Let Out. I, I don't know which one. There's two. There's recently they did Let It Be Naked, and it was like stripped down without yeah. all the production. And it was amazing. Right. It was amazing, but yeah, we yeah. Do, yeah we could do this all day, Cecil. So I, I do I do appreciate you. I hope that um, okay. I hope that at some point we get to get get together, listen to some tunes, and you know have a few uh, have a few beers, and just kind of you know I think that uh, we have a lot in common. And uh, I really like I said I really appreciate you and appreciate what you're doing. Um, can is there anywhere folks can go to buy your art? Like, do you have a store? I don't see anything on the website, but. You know what? Yeah, it's it's something I'm trying to trying to work on. The 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 thing I'm running the thing I'm running into is, um, I, I I'm I'm trying to figure out do do I get do I get inventory or do I get a base of what people of what people like or do I just have like 
an on-demand thing where people DM me. Like, I've had a couple of people DM me saying that they want to buy my art, and as soon as I, and I respond, and then I don't hear from them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm like, hey, buddy, oh, you like the Life Aquatic thing? Oh, yeah, that's, hey. You know, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sell it, because I'm not going to sell it just uh, online or anything, because it's, it's, it's not my property, right? So, I, I, like, I know people sell fan art and stuff, but that's not really something I want to get into because I respect that this is not my property. I, I did a little thing for it. That's great. But if someone wants to print or something, pay for the cost and they'll ship it to you, right? You know? Yeah. But, well, I'm running, I, yeah. but I, I don't know. I see what you're saying. But, like, I think that also, right, if yeah. you, you could argue that anything you look at, you're interpreting, right? Something you're you're interpreting yeah. the world. So it's 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 definitely a. I don't think that your life aquatic is. You're not. It's not a. Um, you're not bootlegging. So like you know, what I mean, you're not just having a Steve yeah. Zuzu like yeah. photo from the movie. I think it's a yeah. it's a commentary. So I mean, I remember the old website omgposters.com, and a lot of, it was a lot of that was interpretations. So I think there's. Uh-huh. I, I would never. Yeah, I think that your style and just kind of who you are from our discussion is that I think that you're you would, um, this is not part of your, your character, but I, I hear what you're saying, but, but yeah, I know. Cause we try to self selfishly again, we try to get you right. know, art from all of our artists to, to hang up in our, our future studio. We, we right now it's a spare bedroom, but you know, we're, we're going to get a proper studio at some point and we'd love to, you know, just have the whole place be your and the fellow, uh, alumni's, uh, work. So when next time you're doing a printer, right. let, let me know. We'll, uh, We'll order a few prints. Okay, sure. Yeah, definitely. If if anyone if anyone's in, and I tell this to you know some of my friends too, like if you I, like I don't have any I don't have inventory right because that it can it can get expensive and, and that type of thing right. But I there is a place that um, there's a there's a place that does great uh, uh, print, some great prints for me. They're the um, G Clay, which is basically uh, high quality inkjet. And I can and I get them done. I, I I can get them done there. If anyone's interested, DM me on Instagram, and I'd be happy to discuss the price with you. Cool. And uh, and and or, or price with them, and uh, and ship one over. But uh, but I, but I'm you know as a dad and everything, and I I'm still a little bit busy. You know where I haven't really um, got around to doing prints and and that type of thing too, and it's just and getting finances in order to get that done. So it, it's still a work in progress, but I but I'm sure as time goes on and maybe more people are, know about my work and that type of thing, I, I have no choice but to get inventory. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be a good problem to have, right? We look we look right. we look forward to you getting to that point, but. Yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. Your trajectory is great. The work you're doing is really, it's really unique and vivid and, and, and fun and you know exploratory. And so, I just want to again, you know, thank you for making the time today. Uh, Cecil Warner, ToyHandsCreate.com, ToyHandsCreate on Instagram, and uh, like I said, hopefully we can meet in 3D at some point. I look forward to it. Great, no, for sure. All right, AJ. Talk Thanks to you. so much. Yeah, Again, gl- glad uh, to be your bucket list, man. Glad to be part of that bucket list. Me and all right, awesome, pod, yeah, podcast and you making a toy. So I mean, that's pretty good. Uh, pre- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hence the name, you know. Hence yeah, right. Name, came full so. circle, right? Exactly. So yeah. Yeah, I know. 
I know. How'd you get it in there? Yeah, your new business name should be Multimillionaire Create. That should be, yeah. 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 <laughs> Industry. Yeah. Industry is just... All right, cool. Okay. I'll talk to you guys right, soon. Take care. All right, bye-bye. Cheers. All right. Okay, bye. Bye. And there we have it, folks. The Bucket List interview. Cecil Warner, Toy Hands Create, Collective Arts Brewing, right here on the 16-ounce canvas. I think it was a great interview. I think it was really nice, you know, kind of geek out about back-in-the-day stuff. It's always good when I don't feel like I'm the old man on the block. But there was definitely a connection there, and I think that you could feel it throughout the interview, like I said before. Cecil warms up. And just kind of, you know, shares what he's thinking. And really, I think it's a really good story. I think that, you know, it's nice. I think it's exciting to see there's so many new opportunities coming out for him. And I can only imagine what's coming up next. He's really a a great artist. He has a unique style. It's true to himself. It's inspired by, you know, life and, you know, what brought him to that point. And the humility. You can can hear it. He's a, a humble guy. You know, we, we've talked since the interview, and it just really, I really appreciate him, and I appreciate him making the time, and, you know, you know, being a part of his experience. To hear someone say the idea of being on a podcast is a bucket list, and then I get to be the first one, it's really exciting. And to have artists like Cecil be a part of this project means more to me than most know, because I genuinely admire from afar, I appreciate what they do. And it makes me even more excited. They say when you do something you love, you know, you got to be excited about it. When you wake up, you're ready to go. And when I know that I'm going to get to speak to folks like Cecil and learn more about it, it's a huge, it's a huge risk for me. You know, a lot of times there's a lot of uh, uncertainty, the unknown. And so to talk to folks, most of the time it's really the first time we ever really speak. There's usually about, you know, 10 or 15 minutes before we roll tape that you get to kind of try to warm up and feel each other out and you can kind of vibe where it's going to go. Is it going to be a more flowy conversation? Am I going to have to, you know, pull the answers out of people? And so it's really, it's been a great process. And one last thing, you know, was at CBC, a lot of folks said, you know, what's your end game? You know, what's the, what's the goal? Or are you even making any money doing this? And the answer is, is no. And, you know, we'll probably have some merch and some other things at some point to kind of, you know, rock some swag. And, you know, I was thinking while I was there, everyone was in their proper, you know, brewery T-shirt. It was like all these mini kind of uh, billboards and advertisements that we should have had like a T-shirt or a hat or something made. But the thing is that it was awesome. I mean, I really am just I'm genuinely excited and happy to meet all of you, to meet all these amazing people, and to be able to bring something new and creative to the to the craft beer scene and you know to the the larger world. Because I do think that we touch on you know small business and art and life and making tough choices, and it's really just kind of been growing organically. So that's my end game. As long as this keeps making me happy, people keep digging it. The numbers don't lie. More and more folks each week, and so for that we thank you. So. That's really where we are with it. We're having a great time. You know, art is important. Art, education, you know, music, all these things are really important foundations for creativity, diversity, being unique. 
and supporting others in all facets. So I think the more that we you know give importance to art, you know, now more than ever, I think people are really able to make a career out of it, you know, out of doing art or being musicians. You know, career is a relative term, or you know, making a living. You know, it's all, again, it's all relative term to you know six one half dozen the other. It's you know, but it's still a better time than ever from distribution, you know, accessibility to printing and shipping and the like. And so we're going to continue each week to dive in, find some new folks for you, you know, and we look forward to the the conversations, the, the good, the natural, the awkward, and the fun. So until next week, we thank you. Remember, Cecil Warner, ToyHandsCreate.com, ToyHandsCreate on Instagram. Drop a line, follow along. And you can find us where you always do. So until next week, thank you, everybody. May the 4th be with you. And also with you. <laughs>